Let's make sure history never forgets the name. Sci-fi melody. Got out. Sci-Fi Melody, Symptom 278, X-Files, the host, the hostest with the mostest, is a Twinkie. The Twinkie or the Fluke Man, Fluke-a-Fish, whatever. Welcome back, Sickies, to X-Files February Season 2. And we are reviewing the, well, I guess you would say some of the best, four best episodes of X-Files Season 2 by our reckoning. And... We are on the episode The Host. Which this does not reflect the opinions of Thomas or Scott. <laughs> exactly like the list from Star Trek does not um, reflect the opinions of Thomas or Mark. Yeah. So, but they don't seem to mind, so we can roll with it. Um, this uh, episode, uh, you know, it's interesting. For a hot second, I thought we had covered this already somewhere. And then I found out, no, we didn't. It was, I got it confused with, with squeeze because it, it involves sewers. You can understand how it's kind of similar intro. And it, if you're not paying attention, it does seem similar enough. That's right. Right. They're for a hot set. But then after it kept going, I'm like, oh, yeah, wait, wait, wait. We didn't do this. Cool. So anyway, the story is that you have a Russian tanker off the coast of New Jersey that has a toilet backed up. Not joking. So they give the job of unclogging it to some poor schmuck who's brand new. And uh, he they're supposed to flush the tanks, but he's got to unclog the drain. And when he tries, he gets pulled into the, I presume it's the septic tank. And his body gets, they flood, they flush the tank and the body gets kicked out with it. Mulder is given the assignment, and he winds up in a New Jersey sewer. Mulder gets assigned to investigate this and is mighty ticked off because he just thinks it's some kind of who cares murder. I want the X-Files open back up. Uh, and so he's... You sent me on was, this when a man in Maryland found a potato chip that looked like a Martian? Yeah, something like that. So, however... At the autopsy, Mulder discovers that there is a, or the doctor rather, and Mulder's there though, discovers that there is a, um, the there's a, a some kind of strange claw wound they can't quite figure out. Mulder's also pondering quitting the FBI, but Dana Scully stops him from doing that. And as she's doing the autopsy on the body, she's discovering things like. This guy must be Russian because he has a Russian tattoo, I guess. But she also discovers a parasite within it. At the same time in Jersey, another worker, a sewage worker, is attacked. He's rescued before he could be pulled under the water. And his and he goes to the doctor with the same kind of wound as the sailor. 
Mulder figures this out because he sees the wound and then Scully calls him to tell him about it, except she says there's a parasitic organism inside the body from the Russian tanker. A little bit later, the, the poor sewage worker in New Jersey goes home, takes a shower, coughs up a parasite and dies. Long story short, eventually they get this uh, fluke man or fluke fish man winds up inside the New Jersey uh, Newark uh, sewage treatment plant and Mulder goes and actually sees it face to face and eventually finds out from Scully that this thing is actually a larvae, that it's planting larvae inside of its human victims and Mulder tries to capture it but, and my gosh, it's the weirdest thing in the world. It escapes. It, it, like, it gets in an ambulance, kills the ambulance workers, and jumps into a porta potty. And then it gets picked up by the sanitation department and dumped back into the treatment plant where it try, where Mulder and another sewage worker try to go down and stop it. And they do manage to chop it in half, but. Apparently, that doesn't kill it. And uh, Mulder's boss decides to open up the X-Files again. However, I should say this. During the episode, there's a mysterious caller that keeps calling Mulder and saying, there's people in the FBI who support you. The X-Files must be opened back up. And Mulder's boss, Skinner, says, you, this X-Files are being opened up. This wouldn't have happened if the X-Files had been opened up. Apparently, there's people above me who want this. So, we get more information about this. We also find out from Dana Scully that mm, the supposition is this creature was created by radioactivity from Chernobyl because it came from Russia. And this is right after the fall of the Soviet Union, I guess. Well, it did mention you that this ship was carrying radioactive waste. Radioactive waste from Chernobyl. So, yes. yeah. Now, Don't jump so into that, that, um, that septic tank there to clean that out there, too, while you're at it. None of the radioactive waste is seeped in. Yeah, right, right. So, um, now, a Russian tanker that's not following safety protocols? Yeah, it's believable. 150%. I, no, yeah. No. Russians following safety? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you In say, Russia, safety protocols follow you. Oh, <laughs> do we really need to explain this one, Sickies? I mean, maintenance? No. <laughs> safety? What's that? Maintenance? Isn't? Nope. Don't, don't know that one. So, uh, but anyway, so that's it. That's the story. It was more about Mulder finding, getting sidelined, but inadvertently finding out that as he was getting sidelined, he got an X-Files case and that someone is on his side who is turning out to be Mr. X, who we saw in one breath last week. This, this, episode, um, this episode points you in the direction of a possible retroactive reboot. In the new series, the reboot, Mulder does leave the FBI after this episode and becomes a MUFON investigator. <laughs> mm. Really? Yeah, he says, I'm going to continue my paranormal research. How else would he do that? MUFON. 
the world's largest UFO independent investigative effort, the Mutual UFO Network. Good all their files at Hangar One, according to the History Channel. No, not really. It's a terrible idea for a show. Who would watch it? I mean, I know they, they didn't they like keep going with this and somehow I believe that like Chris Carter would have washed his hands of it and someone else jumped on board and said, Let's do that. <laughs> uh, you and know, they started started with the words that are the surefire sign of bad writing. Wouldn't it be cool if And I think what would happen is it could air on the History Channel. And History Channel fans would be like, hey, man, did you see David Duchovny really did become a UFO investigator in real life? Look at all these stories he's found. You know, a friend of mine who really loved the X-Files back when it was on and we were in junior high, he watched an interview with David Duchovny and was absolutely heartbroken that David Duchovny was not a theorist, but rather an actor playing a role. And that's how he viewed the job. He was like, cause of course the person had asked, so are you like into this X file stuff? Which, okay, whatever, you know, I, th- I think it was a Letterman interview. And Duchovny just basically came back and was like, well, it's neat stuff, but you know, it's a job. I like the role. I like the character. It's a job. And my friend was just absolutely heartbroken that they didn't hire I don't know, Jesse the Body Ventura to do this or something. I don't know. Cause Damn you, Rage Master. I have to confront two real possibilities now. That Leonard Nimoy wasn't dedicated to the pursuit of pure logic. And that Hulk Hogan really didn't get that big by prayers, training, and vitamins only. Nope, nope. I'm sorry to burst your bubble on that one. Sorry, I, I Scott, can't confront but- these two potential realities. I built a cozy no, I- bubble. And now I piled on with a third that David Duchovny is not, in fact, Fox Mulder. But I just thought that was funny in junior high. Like, wait, you're mad that an actor is playing a role and doesn't really... That it turns out he is not into the X-Files, that he's just playing a role. You're mad about that? Uh, Okay. I mean... Okay, not to pile in, but not to bring up, not to get tropey here, but in a World War II movie, I'm kind of glad the actor playing the Nazi is not really a Nazi. You know? Well, we just need a Star Wars reference and we're there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We'll find a way. Here, in fact, let me do some fun facts, and uh, maybe it's there. It's not, but let's do that anyway. There's my lead-in. So, the fluke man suit, the uh, the fish man suit, the problem, it had a few problems, uh, one of which was the first time they put it in water, it dissolved. <laughs> so, each day they used it, they had to reconstruct it. I did read that. It was like every day... They had to reconstruct it, and also he couldn't eat or drink in it. Nope. In what fact, they make it out of point, tissue paper. <laughs> it took six hours to put on, and at one point he had to keep it on for like twenty hours. In which case, he had to go to the bathroom, so he just let it go inside the suit. It made a paper mache. Nope. <laughs> couldn't eat because he couldn't breathe through his nose. Um. Yeah. Ugh. In fact, the suit, the look of the fluke man was based 
heavily on a birth defect known as harlequin type ichthyosis. It's basically babies born with uh, skin cells that don't operate properly. They usually don't last more than a couple days because they can't get enough nutrition because their cells are moving so fast. I, I could be wrong here. Did you did you start that off by calling it Harley Quinn something something eosis? That's what it says. Harley Quinn type eosis. <laughs> I did not name this. <laughs> I want to. I want to fact check this. Can we get this? I mean, to Snopes. Google it yourself. Google it yourself. Oh. And while you're doing that, I'll say if that's not weird enough for you, the idea for the episode came when Chris Carter was treating his dog for worms. I guess he saw the worms and was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we made a a fish that looked like a baby with a birth defect that was trying to infect people with larvae? Which, honestly, I'm not surprised. I, I thought of ZTF while mopping a bathroom, so I can't fault the man. Hey, you know, 20 years from now, we won't have stories like that. It'll be... Chris Carter got the idea for this story when he typed a prompt into chat GPT. <laughs> You're not wrong. Nope. Who needs to be creative? Uh, the machines can be creative for us. Uh, the last point I'll make, well, two. One, the U.S. Marshal Service does not have an ambulance service of its own, yet they seem to in this episode, whatever. But interesting note, they did a little mess up there. The first time Mulder went into the sewer, a cop said, you, shouldn't, you should breathe through your mouth, not through your nose. Other way... Yeah. I know I know that's a Yeah. You, you a would much thing. you have nose hairs for a reason. Yeah. It, it, You're gonna ingest far less type. fecal it, flakes by breathing through your nose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but if you're in the sewer and you don't wanna smell that or you think you're gonna barf, stop breathing through your nose. So And that yeah, takes yeah, us yeah, stop too. smelling the crap. Just eat it, literally. <laughs> Yeah, and that takes us to um, the before we get into rips and picks. I want to ask this question because something that really jumped out at me. This came out. This was the early '90s, post fall of Soviet Union, and we all know that not just because the show Chernobyl came out, but also because uh, near the end of the Soviet Union. I mean, it was already kind of on the ropes anyway. But Chernobyl was kind of a cause of the fall and a symptom of it at the same time. Um, yes, and so like that Rexis in Star Trek Six. Bingo, exactly. Which great movie, by the way. Um, and we also had over here. We had our to quote Mister Burnt. We had a Three Mile Island here, and thanks to Simpson's grave efforts of falling into a radiation tanker, he turned a possible Chernobyl into a mere three-mile island. <laughs> oh, Mr. Burns. But, um, so naturally, there was a big kind of fear of radiation, you know, which is a stark contrast. I remember in middle school watching an old, one of those, like, 1960s Disney instructional videos back when Walt was still in charge, and he liked to make little educational videos about how the future is going to be great. And they talked oh, about yeah. radiation. It was factually true, mind you, but 
he like glorified it like nothing could go wrong with radiation nothing at all um and and, and this isn't like a attack one energy source over another i just think it's funny that they made it like that but anyway this is a sharp contrast after chernobyl and three mile island we kind of turn around and said wait a minute radiation bad and so we started having all these stories about mutations tons of mutations toxic waste mutations toxic waste mutations i remember robocop that one guy who fell into a vat of toxic industrial waste and just turned into a gremlin like over nothing and so the question i'm getting at here is um do you think we've kind of gotten over that oh my gosh radiation is going to turn us all into fish people no, not even close. Radiation is the ultimate fear tactic. Um, I mean, I and not just. And by the way, this just doesn't mean nuclear weapons. It's just nuclear energy. Yeah. Period. No, we no, haven't I'm gotten saying, over it. If, if we no. have, we would be we would be much closer on the route to net zero carbon emissions because we wouldn't have stopped building plants. We, nuclear power plants. You even say nuclear power, people are afraid of it. Yep. We're sitting around here just, what can we do to create zero carbon emission energy sources? We need a new energy source that can create clean energy with zero carbon emissions. And we came up with it, oh, I don't know, 80 years ago. Uh, I mean, we should look at that. But we're afraid of it. Uh, because, because clearly, it doesn't do everything that everybody thinks it does. Yes, it's dangerous. But it can be managed. Uh, and, and for the most part, it can be managed safely. Now, there's people in, in Chernobyl and Three Mile Island and Fukushima who might tell me, no, Scott, you're wrong. But for the most part, France has been using it um, extensively forever, and it's well, got a pretty good record. Well, it, the, the biggest issue is Chernobyl was built completely differently than any Western nuclear reactor is. Well, yeah, the Soviet Union used entirely different reactors. And they disabled every single safety measure at that reactor. The only, the only worst place I could have imagined, uh, least safe place building a nuclear reactor would have been in Mao's China. Thank God he only had them build backyard blast furnaces. Now, yeah, uh, I, but, I, but I we're not say, done with. Sorry, we're, we're not done with radiation, Mark. We're, we just moved on to different things. We're afraid of unseen things that will damage us. Um, Wi-Fi. There's people who are convinced that Wi-Fi is a host, or that 5G. I mean, just look at the conspiracies about Wi-Fi and 5G. Yeah, high tension power I mean, lines. There's no evidence. My my house is thousand feet away from a high tension power line that runs through the middle of where we live there is no shortage of people who think that that is dangerous and there is zero evidence that's credible since the late 1970s that you are in any danger as long as you're not living directly under the power line but yeah, you, you can't get rid of this stuff falls. yeah well and even even if you're not given to it it still stays in your mind like when i was driving i went to a concert in detroit in November. And while I was driving there, I drove past one of the few nuclear plants in Ohio. And I was like, oh, look, there it is. And even there was that twinge in my mind, like, 
man, if something were to go wrong in there right now, I'm screwed. Yeah. And yeah, well, that and, again, I, like, and that, I wasn't scared, but just that thought entered my mind. Well, you're not alone. That's the thing. A lot of people, myself not included, but many people do fear nuclear in some way where they're like, oh, nuclear reactor could melt down and I will get radiation. I know for a fact, most of the radiation won't hurt me. Well, most radiation, a good. Now, if you get gamma radiations or you get like cesium or you get some of it. Yes. But if you get alpha waves, dude, I could pull up a piece of paper and I will be 100% fine. Yeah. I can I can stand next to a uh, uranium and be fine. Why? Because it doesn't its decay rate is very slow. For all and I'm the not fear, going to get bombarded. For uh, everyone thought we were doing some great service to the environment and the world by shutting down development of nuclear power plants. Well, now you got more hurricanes and tsunamis and rising sea levels and places where crops can't grow and I mean islands disappearing. I don't know. I mean, at the risk of making it political malady, the solution to the problem uh, that no one can find a solution to has been here for decades. And we're afraid of it. All right. So I just wanted to check that question because we usually have a deep thinking that, question. But, but that, tells that, you, that tells you how afraid we are of radiation, man. We're looking for any crazy solution that we can to the problem of global warming and and human-impacted climate change, and carbon capture and reduction, and no one wants to consider that one. And it's probably the technology that it would take time to scale up and build had we been on it all along instead of living in fear of it. It's two big bads. And, and we saw that as the bigger bad and bigger thing to be afraid of than the climate change that's staring us in the face right now. Well, Scott, I already know the solution. See, what we have to do... We have to go found the col- space colony of New Texas and start mining carrium. But before we do that, even, we have to make sure Marshall Brave stars around to stop us, stop the bad guys from taking it all. Yes, and Bruce Willis so has to build a team of space really astronauts. We haven't drill. found Marshall Brave star yet. That's really the holdup in this whole thing. Is Harry Stamper on board to do the drilling? God, no. We're here. <laughs> we just need Marshall Brave star. And then it'll all work out. Anyway. So, danger, okay. danger, danger. This is about to turn into a political meltdown argument. Scott, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> we do have limited time because Scott can go on about this for the next three years. I mean hours. I mean and will. Whatever. <laughs> and will if we don't rein him in. So let's jump into the rips and picks. And I want to start off with the soup. Um, you know, I saw a really interesting video this week uh, by the, the YouTuber Accent to Cinema, and he talked about why people like, uh, why there's still a desire to see practical effects among, not everybody. He made that clear that you're not going to get rid of digital. And to the average moviegoer, you're, they're not going to say, get rid of digital. They're, they're just not. But for a cinephile, they're always going to appreciate practical a little bit more because it creates that sense of how did they do that? 
Um, there's always going to be that fun question, like watching a magic show. How did they do that? Um, whereas CG, there's no, mis- there, there, there's no, how did they do that? Uh, unless you want to know the technical aspects, you know, it was a computer. That's how. Um, and I think the suit is really a great example of makeup. Now, of course you feel bad for the actor in the suit because wow, 20 hours, six hours of dress, 20 hours of stuck in there. And, and then every day it has to be remade because it dissolves in the water. Blech. But, um, it looked really great. And I, I think that in addition to that practical effect, there's this idea that they show you just enough to let your imagination take over. Yeah. They show you the fish man, the fluke man. They show you what he could do, but then they don't show him actually attacking. It's left up to you to imagine how that works. Or when he goes into the porta potty, he, nothing happens until the guy shows up and clear and drains it. But all you can think of is, Oh my God, he's at a campground and he's hiding in a porn potty. Aside from how disgusting that is, what if someone goes in there? I, they show you just enough to get the imagination racing. And that is, so I guess that's two picks. The look of the fluke man plus the, the horror instilled. Big, big wins there for that one. I'll give you that. I'm not sure I'm going to say that it was all worth it because it looked better than digital fluke man actor might disagree with you. Kind of like the lady, Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock got a great response, a fear response out of that poor actress by having her attacked by birds without her knowledge. But I'm not sure she thinks it was worth it. (laughs) I didn't say it was necessarily better, although there are advantages over that than CGI, because as Thomas pointed out, uh, CGI can get very close, but it can't always predict light accurately. It can do a great job, but there's, there's that random element that, at least right now, it can't do. Yeah. Um, it's getting a lot better, well, but ray honestly, well, yeah, it, technology has advanced quite a bit that CGI can actually get under light scatter. It can get quite a bit done now, but honestly, the best time and the best effects normally has to do with a combination of CGI and practical. And when you can meld them properly, you get the best effects. And and Mark, for the record, I agree with you 100%. I just had a chance to make a joke about Alfred Hitchcock and that poor actress being attacked by the birds, and I I needed to set it up that way. Can't resist yourself. Nope. If I got a good joke, I'm going to find a way to make it. Or at least what I think is a good joke. That has the added benefit, though, of with that actress or the actor in the suit, is if that actor is supposed to look like they're suffering, that's real suffering. Um, whereas CGI, well, you can pull it off, but what for some reason a lot of directors do is they have the actor, they make the CGI, and then they have the actor doing their thing, and they do it independent of one another. So that the the poor dev working on the CGI doesn't really know how the actor is responding to whatever it is they made. So they kind of have to guess, and the actor has to guess. So unless the director is smart and says, okay, actor, you do your thing first, and then the dev can look at it and go, oh, okay, I can respond to that. Too simple. Or they, that's easily what or they do for some God knows reason. 
or they actually do it ahead of time and plan it. Well, I mean, the dev, yeah, the dev does their job and then it's like, all right, I'm done. Well, how do you know the actor is going to respond appropriately? I don't. That's up to the director. I did what I, I did the best I could and they did. But if the actor screws it up, that's not their fault. So anyway, what other good things do we want to say about this? What other picks? I like the introduction of X. Yeah. I mean, that's a good one. Uh, I'll move on. I've got a rip here, though. I, I don't understand how exposing that radioactive Chernobyl fishman exists reinstates the X-Files, which th- there's a scientific earthly explanation for this that has nothing to do with the paranormal or aliens. How does this reinstate the X-Files? Well, the answer to that is yeah, I that do. the X-Files are not just paranormal not just aliens. It has to do with unexplained both science and um, I guess how would you put it? Other effects. I mean, so it doesn't just have to do with science. I'm sorry, aliens or paranoia. No science more. and pseudoscience? Yes. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Damn it. Killed my rip. Sorry. All right, I'll move on to my next one. That's fair. Skinner's secretary and the design of his office are terrible. Oh. <laughs> yes. And Skinner is is kind of a jerkwad for just letting Mulder shoot his mouth off like that by saying, step into my office now, Mr. Mulder, and see who was in here. First off, why would you have an office with a door set up where you couldn't see that you had a massive conference table full of high-level VIPs? Why would the secretary even open the door in that scenario? Well, that's the big question. Why, If you're in the middle of a big meeting, why are you opening up the... Unless you're saying, secretary lady, can you make a copy, please? Right, why Skinner even opens up his door? It's moldy. He'd be like, oh God, this is no good. I know where this is going. Yeah. That and Mulder kind of acts infantile, doesn't he? You know? He even pouts when he sees everyone's there. You solve a crime? What's wrong with you? I want to just chase aliens. There was a piece of wreckage that somebody thought was from Flight 19 that turned up the other day. Now that's important. Is murder? Someone else can investigate that. Yeah. Well, he did already kind of was on the bad task force. I mean, he was sitting there listening to intercepts. They got rid of it. He was already on the buddy. How do I want to put this? The watch list or something. Yeah, kind of. So I, I, it doesn't, it, it, it's an interesting aspect. Now I will say it's very interesting. I do have a rip here. My whip would be that you're taking a field agent who was your scientist and you're sticking her back as a scientist, but less. I, what? I, yeah, they can't really make up their mind, can they? You know what, Scott, you know what that reminds me of, what your rip is? 
this episode of The Simpsons where um, Scully is talking to Mulder and she says, well, we do have this report of a shipment of drugs coming in from Columbia. Scully, I hardly think that's a problem for the FBI. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, Thomas, to your point, I would think Mulder would be happy that he had any field assignment after being stuck in a room transcribing intercepts all day. Oh, no, I, I kind of agree with it. Now, I kind of understand some of it where I'm like, uh, you're sticking him in the sewers. Okay, is this a joke? I kind of understand part of that where you're like, uh, you just didn't give me the bleep job? Yeah, but... Literally? <laughs> Literally. Yeah, I, I just... Mulder, to me, should be happy with anything because I know they're, they're literally giving you the crap job. But at the same point in time, like, we, we I, I joked around at the beginning. He says, I'll pursue my paranormal investigations elsewhere. How, man? For that group of three people that you that you uh, call in every time when you need some investigation or, or literally with MUFON? Yeah. Come on, man. I don't know if I've met them yet, so... But still, yeah. I... <laughs> I don't know his deal, but I agree. Yeah, that's a big rip. But he's acting very infantile. And Plus, not- you got to understand. You no. got to understand, Mulder. Occasionally, you might have to do a non X file job. And and I, I mean, he did last. He did last season. Yeah, the episode with the serial killer who said he was psychic. That he didn't even believe the guy was psychic. So it's like, wait. You're okay dealing with that murderer. Oh, but this murder, oh, well, that's just stupid. I will say that um, I can understand acting infantile when you're upset at work, too. I think we've all done it. So, Oh, yeah. Sure, but I just don't get his attitude of, like, I can't believe they're giving me a job that deals with crime. I want to chase aliens. Uh Mulder, the FBI is not there for your beck and call. They're they're not there to go find your sister for you from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> so, um, any other rips or picks? I, you know, it, it's odd because it, it as much as we just ripped Mulder's infantile actions. I kind of got to give it a pick for that, too, at the same... The other side of the coin is showing the the protagonist and the hero flawed. And flawed as dynamically... Or as, as dynamically flawed as much as any of the rest of us are. Um, I kind of like seeing that vulnerability in your protagonist. Uh, I, I also pick... Uh, I'll give a pick with the continuing closeness of Mulder and Scully separated but you can't you can separate them professionally but you can't break that bond and you see it on display here and you know we see it more next week in one breath obviously but I like the development of it's a positive step in the character development for both Mulder and Scully Mm -hmm. yeah I think Scott you kind of almost gave your summary explanation of this uh, episode. So I guess we're at a good place to just rate it then. Uh, uh, we'll say, unless Thomas has anything else to add. Um, I would just add that this is a good episode in showing that this is not all aliens and this mm. is all, not all paranoia. 
and this is a good I'm not going to say based in science because it's not no but based in something a little closer to real world sure sure well uh, I guess we can rate it how many fluka men do we want to give this uh, I will give it 9 out of 10 Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just straightforward. Nine out of ten. I really that, don't have fine. much else to say about it. We discussed it pretty well. Yeah, I think it's true. We did, Scott. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be way the outlier on this episode. Um, it's an average episode of the X Files to me. Um, I, I, there's nothing bad about it. It doesn't entice or excite me. There's some stuff that's important if you want to dig through it. And if you're going through a completionist thing of watching every episode of The X-Files, you probably want to watch this. If you don't watch this, I don't know if you've missed anything. You come back one episode, The X-Files aren't there. You come back the next episode, The X-Files are back. How? Eh, you know, someone got them reinstated somehow for something. And you don't miss very much that's critical. Uh, there's some character development. There's some good stuff. But this is, to me, to me, it's an average, forgettable episode it's not bad it's not good it's just there it's, it's a it's an okay perfectly fine okay episode of the x-files but at no point to me does it rise above that so i'll leave it at a five okay i'm gonna give it a six or a seven it's uh it's thomas is right this shows more than just ufos and supernatural it's things that um though not really scientific uh are for the sake of the show, scientific in nature. It shows how the X-Files also deals in that fringy kind of area. Um, but it also is, you know, Mulder kind of needs to put on his big boy pants and realize, dude, you're just, you're going to have to do stupid stuff sometimes. And also, it it's just, it's enjoyable. I didn't get bored, but I didn't also get thrilled either. Overall, I mean, it's still a good episode. I, it's not anything... I'm not ashamed for putting it on the list. And uh, it's still a great show, but just it's... Of the episodes we've seen so far, it ranks more on the, a little above average. And that's... I would agree with that. So, uh, but you got... You sickies can weigh in on anytime you want. You could check out on... Uh, you could go to our Discord page and weigh in what you think about that. You could also, uh, while you're at Discord, check out our other shows, such as Zodiac Task Force. We, we'll have another episode jump in there. If you enjoy the crime or, dare I say, slightly conspiracy theories about crime, related to crime, you could check out back issues of the Quesitorium, which are there. Also is why you should. Uh, the recent episode, Ruck's, uh, new podcast explaining why you should uh, watch certain shows or play certain games. The last episode was about a Silent Hill, what was it? ST, I think, or something. It turned out that it was an actual just tr game trailer. A playable game trailer that was freaky, very limited, and I don't know where you can find it, but you can sure watch a lot of playthroughs online. And uh, I'm going to be doing that because I listened to the episode today, in fact. And count me interested. Uh, you can also leave a comment at our website at... RavingLunaticMedia.com 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 
Reachmaster.com. Reachmaster. What's left for them to do? Stay sick, sickies. Ha ha ha!